everyone, and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. My name is Sarah. And I'm Bree. And with us today, we have special guest, author Margot Radcliffe. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) How is 2021 going for you? Better than 2020. I'll say that. I will give that to 2021. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, pretty good, actually. Uh, It's nice to be vaccinated and to leave the house. It's Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, even if I'm carrying like gallons of hand sanitizer everywhere I go. Yes. Um, But still, still progress. (laughs) Yeah. I literally have like the the suave spray hand sanitizer in my bag, mm-hmm. the like hand wipes. I'm just like, and I'm fully vaccinated, but wearing a mask just because I'm so paranoid. My mom and my stepmom are both nurses and they're just like, um, this new strand though. And I'm yes. like, okay, so my short lived, like going out and about with no, no mask. <laughs> <laughs> It is over. Got it. One hundred percent. I think I will just always. I think I will never not wear a mask from now on. And that way, I can like people won't recognize you. Like if you, <laughs> you don't like, it's like uh, I must not have been me. Yeah. Must have been. yeah. It's hard to tell with the mask. You must have thought you saw somebody else. Sorry. <laughs> I said the same thing to my husband this year when flu season hits. I'm wearing my mask again because nobody got sick last year with the flu. You know, right. so I said, why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're a fashion statement at this point. Just right? It's so <laughs> true. It's so true. <laughs> well, y'all, I wear like the boring like hospital mask one. Like I just um, buy the packs of those at the store. <laughs> so I don't have a cute one. <laughs> My aunt sews them for us. So I've got lots of cute ones. <laughs> I love it. Just put a sticker on that hospital mask. Right? Yeah. I saw this man with one and it said, I got my vaccine. And I was like, I need that because I know these people that don't wear them are looking at me like, look at this bitch. She's not vaccinated. And I'm like, oh no, I'm just playing it safe. I was like, I need his mask. Love it. So do you want to do some icebreakers? Sure, of course. But first, I just want to say I am so excited to be oh, here yay. with you guys. You guys are killing it. Um, Thank I, you. Rayan Thane, Terry Wilson, right? I mean, these are rock stars. I'm I just know. so honored to even be a part of it. This <laughs> list of romance icons. So thank you. Well, thank you for being here You're with us. You're all rock stars in our yeah. opinion. Honestly, yeah, yeah. It's so nice. It's so nice. <laughs> anyway, yeah, sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. That's nice all right. Break. I will go ahead. Um, small town or big city? Which one would you say describes where you lived as a kid? Definitely a small town. Um, I was there just this weekend for the 4th of July, and we were trying to like get a drink after 10 o'clock in the evening, and we like could not we ended up at a gas station. I mean, like, it's like a literal <laughs> only place to get, like, just a just not even, like, a craft cocktail or something, just, like, a beer and, like, nothing. <laughs> nothing was open. We drove around for, like, an hour and a half. We ended up at a gas station with, like, 22s of Bud Light, seltz, hard seltzer <laughs> on, on our friend's porch. I mean, it was, like, and we were just, like, looking at each other, like, what – what is happening? <laughs> so definitely a small town, uh, for sure. 
Um, tell us about one of the first stories you can remember writing. Um, this is a great question. I remember in college, I mean, I think I probably wrote silly stories before this, um, but I wrote um, kind of like an ode to Comet the Cleanser in college. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and that was really the first thing that I thought like, wow, this is real. I could, I should keep doing this. <laughs> um, it was bad. I mean, obviously, but like Comet still, still a great cleaner. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, but then I actually wrote my first novel in college. Um, and so it was kind of like a low rent friends episode, like, but very angsty and like, <laughs> just like all the friends would be broke and like sad. Um, so that was kind of really the first thing I think I, full length thing I wrote that like, felt like I could write, I could continue writing as a, as a career possibly. I love the Comet fan fiction. I right? mean, even, even cleaner deserves fan fiction. It was one of those moments, like, wait, and it was workshopped in, like, a college class. And I was like, yeah. this is, people are not going to be my friend. <laughs> so what did you go to college for? Like, what yeah, was your I, major? I do have an English major, and I was okay. at, like, a creative writing concentration. Okay, so. okay. Okay. Very <laughs> creative. Your comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, what's one thing you find yourself nostalgic for? This one was hard for me. And I, I wrote down like a million things in my notes. Um, <clears throat> but I would say one, since it's summer, I'll say slush puppies. I like never see those anywhere. And I loved them so much as a kid. Um, specifically the black raspberry i love all blue foods for some reason and then um this is not going to come as a surprise since if i wrote something about comment i'm just a strange person um but um i think also like just driving around aimlessly in yes. the summer yes. like my old timey like summertime things that like i just kind of don't do anymore and so when yeah. we were driving around looking for the drink i was like this is not terrible i could i should drive around aimlessly more <laughs> did you like grow up in the midwest i grew up in wheeling west virginia so like okay. i'm in columbus now so it's like two hours east mm -hmm. okay because that feels like such a midwest thing like i my hometown is in missouri and we would like drive on the strip which was like yes 10 minutes long maybe and just back and forth Back yes. and forth. Back and forth. <laughs> like, yes. Now yes. I look back on all the stupid gas you wasted. I know. <laughs> I know. Yes. But no, that is exactly it. Missouri is beautiful. And and I actually used to live in Austin. So I'm very familiar with San Antonio. And okay. so that's, I know that's where you are. So fun time. You've been all over yeah. the place. Right? I guess. <laughs> it always amazes me talking to Americans because you guys really do move all over the place. Here in Canada, we tend to like, you're born here, you're pretty much staying here. You know, you don't go far from this area. Like I was born 30 minutes from where I live and I've lived here my whole life. So, but we're outside the city, but we used to do the same thing up here. We would get in the car, borrow mom's car on a Friday night, full tank of gas. And we'd be like. <laughs> back and forth. Back, back and forth. Kids do that. And I think that's yeah. why I love road trips now. Like I travel to the U.S. quite often, or I did before COVID. And I, it's nothing for me to drive 12 hours by yeah. myself in a car. 
I love it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a freedom to it for sure. I mean, I know that's like a cliche or whatever to say, but like it is just like you and the radio and driving. Exactly. You know, a good audio book. I'm a happy camper. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. I used to to live in South Carolina, and so I was driving uh, up up to West Virginia a lot. And so I would, I tried, I listened to a lot of audiobooks. I try to listen to Game of Thrones on audiobooks and like on audiobook, don't. I just don't. It's like the worst. It is awful. It, do like, not recommend. Do not recommend. I'm sure the books are great, but like the audio, you cannot. I mean, it's like, it, 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 like there's like 15 million characters and they all have the same voice. Like oh no, like, they, and they all die. And... Yeah, and they all die. I remember when I started reading, my brother says, don't get attached to anybody. <laughs> great thanks it's accurate (laughs) Um, your goodread profile states that on any given day you can be found binging awful television give us one awful television recommend recommendation you couldn't stop watching yeah i just love that you said awful because i always say trash tv (laughs) (laughs) i felt bad after i said awful and trash like these are people too they're fine it's great art it's art in its own way um one thing that i am obsessed with is love island um oh the uk gosh. version um i have mm. not seen the american version but the uk oh and i know people are telling me that it's like bachelor in paradise i that's fine but it's not love island and it's so perfect it's so and it's different because they're british it's one like yeah. it's not the same if they're american and they're jerks and they're the most shallow people in the world it's different when they're british i'm sorry it just is and it's hilarious and i love it i love it so much um so that is my big big one um the only way is Essex is another British one that like if you haven't mm. seen it, it's like the I think people like describe it as like the British The Hills or Jersey okay. Shore or something. Um it's fant- it's fantastic. It's I all have to look that just up. so fantastic. <laughs> and of course I love the Real Housewives, just all of them. Oh um, my gosh. That's what's that. I it's- really want to get into those, but I know if I find one that I like, I'm going to be sucked in because I was like hooked on Mobwise and it's not oh. even the same. <laughs> I've never seen Mobwise, but that sounds great. It's just a sociological like study of like women, of like emotions, like mm-hmm. people who are just so comfortable expressing every emotion out loud. And it's just such a foreign yeah. concept to me. I'm like, I need. I need you to tell me everything you're feeling right now. I need to know. And how how are you dealing with it? How are you working through it? Obviously, you're yelling, and it's fine. It's yeah. Fine. I just can't get in there. It's so educational. It's so, so educational. educational. I've, learned, I've learned so much. I just love how, like, reality TV is still such a thing. Like, I yeah. was obsessed with everything the real world used to put out on MTV. And I was like, okay, when the real world's over, like what's going to be popular? And it's still to this day, it's it's just like the direction that that reality TV has went. It's just crazy. Oh yeah. yeah. I love the real world. I mean, of course that was like everybody's entry point and like, and what a great idea. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of crazy, like young people at a house and like watch them self-destruct I mean, no phone no television 
for like four months. Oh God. We didn't have that up here. And when we used to travel oh. to the States in the summertime, it would be on MTV, like on reruns. And I'd be sitting in the condo and my father would come in and be going, are you coming to the beach? No. <laughs> you know, like we'd be at the beach for two weeks and I'd be watching the real world for two weeks. <laughs> you like, catch up, Sarah. And like, it's Hello. It is. It is. You can't <sighs> stop watching. Yeah. Because, like, they're they're really, like, some of it is fake, obviously, we know this, but, like, I feel like you can't sustain fake emotions for that long. No, like, yeah. just, no. They're really, they're really going through it. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, in the case of Love Island, the producers are doing, like, terrible things to these people. Like, they have challenges where they have to, like, eat something and then spit it in the other person's mouth. And, I mean, like, that is... <laughs> That is like a test of like, that is a huge test of like how far you are willing to go for something. It is is amazing. And they all do it. And it's like, it's gold. It's just. just (laughs) So I feel like we need a romance novel based off of this. Just saying. <laughs> well, I think they're using. I think Mills and Boone is actually using one of the contestants for their new like the writing competition. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. shout yeah. out to Mills and Boone. Fantastic. Right, yeah. they are awesome. Absolutely, one hundred percent. You can only pick one read for the rest of your life. Which do you choose? Backlist titles only, or new releases? Definitely backlist because like backlist like never ends. It's like yes. they're all new to me anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I agree. People write so much, um, and so yeah, definitely backlist. I mean, I mm-hmm. would be sad for no new releases, but they're kind of like I said, new to me. So yeah, definitely yeah. backlist. And then at some point, the new release becomes a backlist. Backlist, <laughs> right? Right. So we love romance origin stories. Can you share with us how you became a romance reader? Sure. So, um, of course, like the first uh, romance novel I ever read was a Harlequin Presents. I found it like stuffed in my mom's like shirt drawer. Um, I stole it. I read it. It was about a tennis player in the 80s when like those were like the hot guys. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Can you imagine a tennis player now? But like, um, I mean, I'm sure it's possible, but it's just like, you know, (laughs) it's just so 80s. Anyway, like Andre Agassi comes. Yeah, yeah. Let's play a game. Um, So anyway, uh, (laughs) so that was the first book I read. But I um, I don't know if you remember Danielle Steele's Star. They made like a TV movie out of it. Yes. And I remember like, I, it was with Jenny Garth from 90210. That's right, yes. <laughs> and and um, I saw it on television, and then I went and got the library book, and I was like, and that was the first time we, like, I took it to my friend's summer party. We, like, hid in the closet and read the sex scenes out loud, and we're like, <laughs> and, like, and I was like, that was it. And it also started, like, my lifelong love for Craig Bierko, who is the star in that, and he's, like, so, I feel like he's, like, an underrated, attractive person, um, and he was the love interest in that, and so, anyway, that's where, like, those closet times where we're, like, haha, where it's, like, that was where it started. Like, that's where I got hooked. That's when I started reading romance, like, <clears throat> exclusively, basically, all the time, every day. So, Daniel's I love it. Star. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't love that it was a it. tennis romance. I'm like, have I seen a sports romance recently with a tennis player in it? Yeah, no, it's not a big, she's right. It's not a big thing anymore, but it's very mm. 80s. Yeah. You know, like. And I've always heard this fun. thing about like, I've always heard this thing that like once upon a time, sport athletes rock stars and actors were kind of like off limits mm -hmm. in romance so i'm like wow there was a tennis romance floating around in harlequin presents though mm -hmm. i gotta try and search that i, I know i gotta find it. it it was by emma darcy it was definitely by okay. emma darcy okay i remember Writing that it down <clears throat> yep it was like a red-haired heroine and then the guy was wearing of course like his tenant the, like the the sweater over his shoulders yeah yeah the, the, with the yeah <laughs> and the short we, tennis shorts yeah I'm just trying to figure out why mom had the book in the shirt drawer. Right? Did she know you were sneaking? Probably. Probably. <laughs> or, or, or like she was embarrassed to be caught reading it. You know what I yeah. mean? I think that that's like a thing. Yeah. yeah. But unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's right. Keep it out. Exactly. Well, keep it out for all the young children to read. <laughs> Put it on the coffee table. <laughs> mom, this is, this is prime slumber party material, mom. <laughs> <laughs> at what point in your life did you realize you wanted to pursue writing professionally uh definitely college like i said i the comments <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding uh it was uh yeah i i started writing really in college and um i was looking for something like I knew I had done theater in high school and I knew that I wanted to be in something creative. Um, but like, right. The great thing about writing is that like, it's cheap, right? You don't really actually need like a bunch of things to get started. You don't need to be like audition for a play. You don't need other people. Mm -hmm. It's just you, you're, you know, you don't have to depend on anybody. Like I had friends in bands who were like constantly like, my band people didn't show up. I was like, well, sorry <laughs> so I knew I didn't want to have to depend on like other people to do what I wanted to do mm -hmm. um so writing just was <clears throat> a natural kind of fit and I started out as like a, a um a psych major in college and I was like oh, I don't I don't feel like this <laughs> so yeah. I was, I'd rather just read all the time and so I changed my major oh. I was like this is great this sounds good and um so yeah, that was kind of it. Um, <clears throat> and I haven't regretted it. I mean, you know, so. Were you still reading romance a lot while you were in mm -hmm. college? Because I feel like if you're an English major, that can definitely go one of two ways. Yeah. Either you like need the romance to like take a breather from all the heavy English canon mm -hmm. stuff, or you're just like, oh, I'm like hooked on all these classics and I don't have time for this anymore. Mm -hmm. So like how, what was it like for you? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. And <clears throat> I think while I was in college, it definitely slowed my romance reading. But as soon as I graduated, I was like, it was all back again. Mm -hmm. um, I like was back at the library, like boxes of bags of paperbacks and stuff. So like... <laughs> But, um, but yeah, I think it definitely, you're right. It does slow down and cause you're just like one, like you're just reading less in college, at least yeah. in my experience anyway. I mean, like I would just was out whatever, um, you're always around people. 
-hmm. it's hard to read for me like it's hard to read like I had like a million roommates and it's hard for me to like read in a space where like everybody is doing stuff so yeah yeah, it's it's slowed down but I got back in there (laughs) yeah I took one English class for my history degree and it was on war literature and I was like I can't imagine taking more of these classes like kudos to English I know Sarah did English in college in Canada whatever it's called up there in Canada and I'm just like I envy you guys I envy you guys I can't imagine doing this all the time I didn't do it in college I did it in high school I graduated high school with an English degree and uh I grad and I went to college and then dropped out um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> journalism and I'm like I'm just gonna end up writing about kittens and trees I'm like this is not what I wanted <laughs> but I mean in, in high school I took a course called American uh American literature and history and it was a two credit class so half of the class we did American history the other half we did the literature so like we studied the civil war and read gone with the wind that kind of an idea so it was really interesting really interesting but you're right Brie it's like I'm very much a I want to read it because I want to read it, not because you want me to read it. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Well, I think early American um, literature is kind of rough. Yeah. Um, Like Longstreet or whatever, and Bradstreet and Henry Longfellow, I think. I don't know, but it was dry. It was, I remember (laughs) feeling like, uh, (laughs) it was like just very Puritan. Like that's kind of what it stemmed. And I was like, oh. I can't. It's just. I know. I, I don't know. know. But so, you made it. You made it. <laughs> it was a rough. I remember it being one of my roughest classes to have. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was really boring. I feel like they need courses with romance novels or focused mm-hmm. on romance novels. I mean, the genre has been around for a long time. I it's think time that would to be a fascinating class. Uh, and I'd be curious if there were any universities or colleges that have like a romance centric. There's got to be. There's got to be somewhere. I think it's becoming more common. And I have seen like people doing their dissertations and theses yes. on like romance novels and stuff. Um, you know, I'm hopeful that it. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you have to do like a big paper? Did I? Yeah, did you? Uh yeah, well, no, I like um, I wrote that book, so like that's kind of what I did as my okay. Oh, thing. cool. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. 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 Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, in 2020, your debut, Friends with Benefits, released with Harlequin slash Mills and Boone as part of their Dare series. So, what was the journey to becoming published like for you? So, we've went from the Comet fanfic and the Friends <laughs> fanfic. <laughs> How did we now end up with Harlequin? Oh gosh, that's so funny. Um, thank you for putting it like that. Um, so <laughs> I can't let you let it. I just I love the random fan fiction, and that is the best one I think that I've heard. Sorry, you know what the title of this episode is going to be, right? <laughs> I was. I've been, look. I've been waiting for twenty years for that comment to pay off. You know, I finally it's, did it. It's getting the respect it deserves. Deserves. Okay? Yeah, right. Yep. It's <laughs> amazing. Um. So yeah, I. So that first 
friends uh, fanfic, the <laughs> low rent, the low rent friends. I actually, once I graduated, I did send that out. I started sending it out to agents. Um, I got a couple of like partial requests, and I thought I'm on my way. I'm mm-hmm. doing this, and um, of course, I get didn't, <laughs> didn't want, nobody wanted that. Um, <clears throat> and I've reread it like over the pandemic, and I was like, oh my. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I I like. Right, like I then I went back to reading romance novels, right? And so I was like, well, I'm gonna try, I'm just gonna try this. Maybe I can, you know. Um, and so I did, and I, <clears throat> I didn't really get serious about it until like, um, I don't know, until I was, you know, in my late twenties, early thirties, and then like I started entering contests. I joined like my local romance writers whatever uh group and um i realized i could enter contests so i started entering a lot of contests and actually i was getting i was mostly winning them in the ya category so i was like well maybe i should just stick to ya um and but then um kind of in the midst of this harlequin had their blitzes Mm -hmm. like their um they had a desire blitz and i did that first and i actually got to the point where like they asked me to write the whole book and I was like, oh, we're going to go. And then ultimately they didn't, didn't take it. Um, but then kind of right after that, Dare had a blitz. And so I did, um, I did that one. Well, first, first I wrote a whole three chapters about an FBI agent. Then I read the rules and it was like, no FBI. People. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Leave that one for intrigue. Okay. Yeah. Leave that for intrigue. <laughs> so anyway, I rewrote it. <laughs> And then, um, yeah, they kept asking me for rewrites and, um, uh, my editor, Hannah, who is amazing, um, they finally bought it. So, um, wow. and gave me a contract. So that was kind of my journey. It took a long time. Um, mm-hmm. but that's basically how I got to Mills and Green and Harlequin. I feel like that's something for anyone that's listening <clears throat> and is an aspiring author, like keep your eyes out, keep your ears to the streets for Mm -hmm. like these competitions, because that's not the first time that we've heard that. Like, even if you're just to get the feedback, like a lot of authors seem to do it just for the feedback. Mm -hmm. 100%. That desire feedback was amazing. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, Harlequin and Mills and Boone, they're so specific in what they want. So you really... To, you, I mean, that feedback is is very important, and you just need to do like everything they say because they're trying we... to guide you. I mean, like if mm-hmm. they're telling you um, <clears throat> to change something, it's because like I mean, they're not doing it because like they um, have nothing better to do. That's <laughs> right. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Right that now. makes a lot of sense. So before we move on, I I want to ask this: like, what made you want to go that route instead of like one of the other publishers Mm -hmm. well I had been querying for a long time um just with like regular like full length um like single titles and I kind of just wasn't I wasn't getting anywhere like and I um I was getting like you know agent nibbles and partial and full requests every but I wasn't like I hadn't gotten an agent at that point and so I always, I mean, Harlequin again was my first love. Mm -hmm. So I just kept my eye on it. And, um, I liked the idea of writing something shorter. Um, and I, you know, of course the indie, um, indie publishing is like full of like these hot, 
like, you know, short kind of mm-hmm. almost novellas where it's like very high uh, sensuality. And so the dare was kind of intriguing in that respect to kind of mm-hmm. try my hand at it. So, um, so yeah, it was great. I, um, for any of our listeners who are either new to category romance or have yet to read a dare romance, how would you describe the series to them? Uh, that's great. Um, <laughs> I would say at the at the heart of it, they're very um, strong, independent heroines who mm-hmm. are just un- un- unapologetic about wanting sex just how they want. um i would say that that's like the biggest part of it of course the heat level is is to the edge um but i would say that's what kind of makes it stand out like they are not they own their sexuality they own the fact that you know this is what they want and they're going to go after it and they don't make any they're not like wishy-washy about it Mm -hmm. and they're not like waiting for somebody to come to them they're like i this is what i want Having gotten your start reading with presents, what do you feel is the difference between presents and dare? Because mm-hmm. sometimes I read some dare novels like right after a presents and I'm like, these feel similar in so many ways and it's hard to pinpoint. I think with dare, with some books, it's definitely the sexual relationship that like causes the difference between, but then there's some that just read so similar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that that's a good point. And definitely those books have gotten a little steamier um, than they were in my tennis, in those tennis days. um, (laughs) The shirt door (laughs) prison. I think, I I think the main difference is that I think that like in a dare both people can be the alpha and I think in a presents like definitely it's the male who is like the mm-hmm. yeah the person of course Fair. like a woman in a, a heroine in a in a presents can be um you know sexually liberated or whatever and and, and sex positive mm-hmm. obviously um but I think in dare you have a little bit more leeway to like where she's calling the shots you know mm-hmm. kind of um yeah. and I all yeah and there's less like I don't think everybody has to be rich and dare as well. That seems to be kind of the thing in presents yeah. as well. Like everybody's going to be a millionaire or billionaire, or just like a something. Um, and I think dare we were allowed to like, though I did once, <laughs> I didn't want somebody to be a carpenter once and that didn't, <laughs> that didn't go. Um, but <laughs> the fun things you could do with that. <laughs> right. I mean, hammering, let's go. Come on. <laughs> Seriously, you're not gonna let me have it. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I would say that's probably the main. Mm-hmm. So, what was it about the Dare series? Was it just what you were writing at the time, or what? Like, what made it the perfect line for the kind of stories that you wanted to tell? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, I think that um, I think that Dare was great because they were there was kind of like a let's try this attitude mm-hmm. about it. Um, and of course, I don't have like extensive experience with Harlequin or you know before coming into this. Um, but it just kind of felt like I had a lot of freedom to explore like different things, um, and so cool. that was appealing to me. I also felt like my voice. Um, I don't know if it necessarily works for any of the other lines. So like I felt very comfortable um, in the dare line. I feel like 
I have, um, yeah. And so it felt like something new and something uh, like kind of an open playing field. Mm -hmm. And so that, that was nice. And I thought suited me a lot. I don't, I'm like a um, color outside the lines type of person in general. So like, I, I like the idea of like, we're trying to make this line kind of what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was, that was fun. Yeah. Almost like you kind of like grow with the line. That sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. Set the scene for us. You sit down to work on your next uh, work in progress. Are you an early bird or a night owl? What time of day are you most productive with writing? I am generally a night owl, but I do, just because life doesn't work that way, I do write during the day now. Um, And so I get, I do tend to get more done uh, during the day, Mm -hmm. but I prefer to work at at night. It just can't happen. It's just, I just can't be up until three in the the morning. (laughs) It's just, it's not like, it's not like a normal person's life. I have a job and you know what I mean? Like it can't happen. So, though, but if I, if like writing were my only job, that's definitely what I would do. Awesome. Uh, Do you set daily writing goals or write until you know you need to stop for the day? I set daily word count goals for sure. Um, And like sometimes they're different, sometimes they're lower if I know I've got stuff going on, but Mm -hmm. I've got to do it every day or I just, I won't. (laughs) I'll just be like, I'll see ya. <laughs> you know, that's that's a good piece of advice, like, you know, to do a little bit every day, even if it's just a little bit, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Because also you have to like, especially if you're writing like a longer work, I mean, like you'll just forget everything that happened. So if you're yeah. not like in it most of the time, at least a little bit, you will lose all those threads that you've, and it's just a okay. a mess, <laughs> just a pain to like, Oh, now I've got to read this whole thing again. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> the worst. I can imagine at some point you're like, I'm so tired of this story. Yeah. <laughs> finish it. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, maybe this is bad to say, but like every time I would, sometimes I would have to reread something so much. I mean, I would fall asleep instantly and <laughs> just be like, oh, this isn't good. <laughs> nobody's gonna, I can't even make it through this the 20th time. <laughs> How's anybody going to read this? <laughs> and then you just have this crisis. Like, do I need to start over? Do I need to write this book again? <laughs> I can't. But it's just like, you can't read something over and over that much and like, just be still. I mean, oh, anyway. So yeah, mm-hmm. best to keep at it <laughs> regularly. For sure. Are there any apps on your computer that you use for your writing? Apps or programs? Sure. I'm sure people often said this, but I use Scrivener and it changed my life. Um, I don't know if I would, I honestly don't know if I would have finished anything without Scrivener. I mean, just the scrolling alone that I was having to do on something like Microsoft Word to get from chapter to chapter was like, that's like a whole day's work (laughs) (laughs) where you left off. Um, So that's really helpful. And also it does have like the daily word count. So you can Mm -hmm. see, like it'll tell you when you've hit your daily goal. Um, Mm -hmm. Very helpful. And then I also sometimes use Alm Rider. Um, and it's like this weird program where like um it plays like Enya like weird like <laughs> meditation music and it's just yep. a, like a blank screen and like it makes the typing sounds of a typewriter like when you type. 
Oh, wow. And there is something about it sometimes. I'll, like, copy and paste stuff from there into, like, a into Scrivener or something. But, like, if I'm feeling, like, especially scattered, like, sometimes it's nice to, like, start there and, like, just, like, kind of zen out. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, but, um, yeah. So I like it. I don't use it that often. But mm-hmm. sometimes if I'm, like, blocked or, like, I don't know where something is going, I'll try to use that and if I'm feeling like especially agitated, which is sometimes a lot, <laughs> I like just open up and be like, all right, it's like freshly fallen snow. I'm just keep, just right here. I can see that being like super relaxing and then super relaxing too working relaxing. against you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like too relaxing. Because <laughs> if I hear rain, I'm like, oh, I listen to this every night to go to sleep. Here I go. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> But yeah, no, my, one of my favorite things in Scrivener is that ability to do the full screen where you can't see anything else, but what you're working on and you just type and the screen just moves for you. I it's, that's fantastic. I agree. Yeah. I love the thing where it's just the typing is in the middle and then everything yes. moves. So you're not like going actually down the page. Yeah. They do yeah. a really good job for such a, an affordable software. It, it really, really is really impressive. What it they really have is. Yep. Yep. For sure. Um, what do you, uh, what, uh, what necessities do you need within arm's reach while writing? This is embarrassing, but, um, <laughs> we're all friends here. Don't line... be embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's probably impossible after the comic thing, honestly, to be embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I mainline Tic Tacs, like, it is, I just like take, get those big bottles and like just pour them into my mouth. Um, and like in gum, mm-hmm. but like, I just, you know, cause I would just, I used to like eat popcorn and I was like, I can't, I was going through like a million bags of popcorn and you just get in this like thing where you're working and you're not thinking about whatever else you're doing, but like you need something like yeah. to do with your for the rest of your body. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, Tic Tacs are, and I don't even like really like them that much. And I know they're also, <laughs> I know they're, I know they're also like, not great for you. I mean, I don't like artificial sweetening. Like I am very like, uh, and, but like, I don't, it just doesn't matter. I'm just going to like <laughs> go through like a bottle in two days. <laughs> I used to do that at work. I would like go to the shop at and get a bag of peppermints. And I just thought they were like delicious and I'd be at work just like popping them and like getting work done. And then I went to the dentist and of course they were like, you know that these are like really, really bad for you and your teeth. And I was like, well, just crap on my braid. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. well, there go those. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Try the tic tacs. <laughs> Um, have there been any romance writing craft books or courses that you've taken that you'd recommend to anyone listening who's an aspiring writer? Um, sure. I did. And I'm sure somebody has said this. I feel like I heard somebody say it, (laughs) but I did. I read Gwen Hayes, Romancing the Beat. That was a big one. And I use her beat sheets still. Um, I find them extremely helpful. Um, just in story structure, you know, as you're going along, um, mm-hmm. 
and they were just really simple. Uh, and I actually have like the template loaded into Scrivener. I just, that's what I use every time I start a new project. Um, so super easy. Mm-hmm. But I would say any conference I've ever been to, I've learned something. And right now it's really nice because they're all virtual. So you don't yeah. have to travel to these yeah. romance contests or at all. So it's very convenient and very helpful and very nice. And like I said, the local um, romance writing writers chapters i'm actually not a member of mine anymore because of that whole thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) that happened um but um when i was uh they were really helpful and even if you're not near one or like near a big city and can't get to the meetings they're always doing stuff online like they're Mm -hmm. always having the trainings and the webinars and stuff online so you can still get something from it even if you can't get to the physical meetings um And I would also say to judge writing contests that actually helped me Mm. a lot. So if you can get like to read other people, other Mm -hmm. aspiring authors work Mm -hmm. and get a sense of like, you'll start to see yourself in other people's writing at that stage. Like you'll, when you see some, somebody doing stuff that you know is not, not necessarily not right, but just like not you know, what they should be doing or just Mm -hmm. like some sort of weird, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like, you'll start to pick that out in your own writing and be like, Oh, this is what's not working when I write as well. So I actually thought that found that really helpful. Like not to say that like, it's like a not to (laughs) like learning what not to do, (laughs) but it kind of is like you start to recognize like I'm doing this too. Yeah. This is what, Mm-hmm. It gives you. A, it sounds like it gives you a different perspective being on the other side of the contest. Yeah, and you're like, oh wow, yeah, no, I know that I do this, and this doesn't work, and I'm seeing it, and it's not mine. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. it just it sounds like a, a fresh perspective, that's, you know? Yeah, that's really interesting. I like yeah. that, mm-hmm. and I have to say, like, I read the Gwen Hayes. I was just like. As a blogger, I feel like I should know a little bit more about the genre. I love that that book's literally like 111 pages or something. Yes, and it good. is incredible, like every single page of it. Mm-hmm. Like she broke it down. And for anyone that's listening, last time I checked, it was on Kindle Unlimited. <laughs> so mm-hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> if you have it, check it out. Yep. Yeah. And download those beat sheets. I mean, that's the, the they are thing great. that I found most helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will try to find... Are they free? Can I put them in the show notes? I'll put them in the show notes. We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. In 2021, you released two Dare Romances. I always am fascinated when we see that like a new author has more than one book out in the same year. Yeah. It's like, are they writing these at the same time? Like, how does this happen? So you had Bring the Heat and Fast Lane. Um, in particular, Fastlane in particular was one of the last four Dare romances to be released before the line closed. Um, when you began writing this book, you, were you aware that it would be one of the last romances to close out the series? I was aware when I was writing it, yes, that it would close close the series. I was not aware when I submitted the idea um, and so, or like the mm-hmm. summary, whatever. Um, and so I, I guess I didn't even like, I think that you mentioned on here that like Rachel Stewart, who is our icon goddess, um, mm-hmm. she kind of tailored her book to like, or put some like Easter eggs in it for the, to be that like, 
the end of the series, but I just didn't even think about it. Bring the heat felt like you did. Bring the heat felt like you did. And then, oh, yeah. And I was like, well, shoot, it's not even the last one. <laughs> but it felt, <laughs> that whole book, and we're going to talk about that book, so I don't want to talk. But like, it felt like you were kind of paying homage to this series that was ending. Like, that's how that one felt for me. Oh. Well, I, yeah. I knew it was ending when I was writing that one too, so that's possible. Maybe okay. I subconsciously snuck it in there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was like, are are Oliver's parents like Harlequin who are like taking away <laughs> this thing that we love <laughs> for business sure purposes? <laughs> are you sure you weren't an English major? That's like <laughs> right. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Um, so I'm sorry, did you, did you ask me a question? No, okay, so yeah, we got it. So when you, when you oh. were writing, you already knew that it was ending when you yeah. were writing Bring the Heat, which came yes. out before Fast Lane. So, okay, yeah, yeah. obviously, yeah, that's wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Wow, and I did, um, I, I just tried to, um, yeah, with Fast Lane, I did, I did know it was ending, and um. I should have put, you're right. I should have put more in there. Um, but I just. <laughs> Went out with a bang. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> all good. It's all good. <laughs> What's the series, Sarah? Was it, was it Kiss? The one that had like the yearbook at the end? That was Temptation. Oh, temptation. Temptation. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're all, Sarah's always like, I wish more series would end like Temptation. Did. Like they knew. And those last four books were like titled like the 11th hour, you know, uh, Goodnight Gracie. Her last Temptation was the last book. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, I'm, I'm excited to talk like about dinner. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about Temptation in one of these later questions. <laughs> yes. I remember you saying that on another podcast. Um, would have been nice (laughs) would have been yeah um Fastlane is a romance between Vintner and Cole two people who find themselves experiencing emotions they swore off until their paths crossed with one another where did the inspiration for their romance come from um I this was a great um question you guys asked like really great great questions some of which I had never thought about (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> like really serious and thoughtful and I'm just like oh they're just doing it I don't know but anyway um <laughs> I mean that is acceptable too I'm just we're right? just saying perfectly acceptable answer <laughs> no I think that I like the idea of um two just completely different people like randomly finding each other um and kind of realizing this chemistry, I feel like I had up to that point, and you know, I was coming off uh, Bring the Heat, which was a second chance for men, so they knew each other. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of like the idea that in the two previous like books I'd read, they also had known each other. Um, and so I kind of like this idea that like they'd never met, they didn't know of each other, um, nothing like that, and they thought it would be a one night stand. I like the idea of like a one night stand that like turns into something else just unexpectedly and not because they planned it. And just because like they went Mm -hmm. with this, you know, this random emotion and person that they met, you know, unexpectedly. Um, So I kind of like that idea. I like that they were so different. Um, 
and I, you know, that was just kind of, that was kind of it. I wanted it to be, I think I started it wanting, wanting it to her, her to be very snooty, um, and him kind of like, you know, a rough and tumble person, but then I think it just kind of ended up, I just didn't, I don't know. I just didn't feel like writing a snooty character. And I hope, I think she's a little snooty, but like not terribly so. And I just wanted her to be like a, I, I liked her because she just, she had like a lot of, they both had this like well of deep emotions that like never, they never presented to the world. And that was kind of enticing to like how they were able to, like share them with each other as kind of anonymous almost people and the kind of the freedom in that. Um, so I think that's what kind of drove me pun intended. Um, with that <laughs> I love well how played. it's just like, well played. I, don't, I don't really like you. So we're going to change you. I don't yeah. like you this way. <laughs> I know what well, was very, you guys have talked about sweet Valley high on here. And like, I always, that's like when I think of like snooty people, I like always go back to like sweet Valley. High. I'm like, are right? these just two jerky blonde girls? Like, yeah. <laughs> There's one, the one that wasn't jerky. I forget her name. But, like, that's always my thing. I'm like, eh, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I love it. Okay, prior to Fast Lane, Bring the Heat was published, which is the second chance romance between Molly and Oliver. And their story reads like a fairy tale. They are completely separated from reality as they travel on Oliver's yacht. And it's an amazingly told story that explores the the price of family legacy. Uh, so can you take us through the writing of their story? Sure. I, um, yeah, I liked bring the heat. It was, it ended up, Molly actually ended up being one of my favorite, um, heroines. Um, and I like, and I guess I'll talk about her in the next question. Um, but anyway, uh, I like the Cinderella thing. This is, again, a very thoughtful mm-hmm. question that uh, took me, like, forever to think of an answer. Um, but I just think that um, Cinderella is, like, every problem is gone. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it felt like on this yacht. Like, Oliver had problems, but, like, she had left her problems like behind right? yeah. and she was like on this yacht, like just whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Living life. Getting, yeah. <laughs> and so having fun. And um, so it definitely felt like a little bit. And he was just like, I bought, <laughs> love me. I bought you this yacht. Love me, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, uh, and she was like, all right, basically. <laughs> sure. This sounds like a great idea. Um, yeah. and so, so yeah but yeah Cinderella is so uh and I love that you put it as like this great grand gesture and it was Mm -hmm. and like I thought I like it definitely was and I love that idea of like um just like the man pining for the woman for all this time and then doing this incredible like and not some sometimes it can be like a jerky thing like you have to love me because I did this but in this I Mm -hmm. it wasn't he was just like I'm just, just please, please. (laughs) And you know what? I'm so glad you say that because this, and this is why I asked you the question earlier about the present. So little plug for an episode that hasn't come out yet. When we chatted Mm -hmm. with Maisie Yates, Sarah, remember Mm -hmm. what she said about presents? Like the presents hero has all the money in the world, but it doesn't matter if he doesn't have the girl. And Mm -hmm. Oliver felt 
like a presents herald to me because uh, he yeah. has all the money in the world. He literally yep. has her on a yacht and he's trying to like build this other business with, mm -hmm. with yachts and stuff. And, you and know, <laughs> it, none of it matters because if, if he can't have Molly, none yep. of it matters if yep. he can't have Molly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great Molly, amazing Yates, an icon. Oh my gosh. I know. Um, oh my gosh. I tried not to fangirl, like just do this the whole time. <laughs> you know, like, oh my gosh. And talk but, about, I mean, like just the prolific. I mean, oh she, God, I know. I would love to know what, I think that she, I think that she does talk dictation. I think that's, she does. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that on her guys. Instagram. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. <laughs> anyway, sorry. That's okay. Um, so we did talk a little bit about the Cinderella, you know, vibes in the book. So what is it that like specific, what do you think it is specifically about fairy tales that works so well with romance novels? I think that specific, like, right. Cinderella is it's, it's a little about finding the guy, but like mostly it's about like not having any other problems. Like I don't right. have to deal with my st stepmother, any my evil stepmother, these awful sisters. I don't have to clean the mm -hmm. floor mm -hmm. or whatever it's like the absence of all the things in your life that like yeah. um make it hard I guess or harder than it has to be and mm -hmm. I think that like it just so happens that like guys have the ability in these you know in the world that we live in to like take those away with money right mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I think that like that's what happens a little just this idea that like all of my problems will be will be solved um yeah. isn't that i mean that's everybody's fantasy uh, for sure not gonna lie <laughs> it's mine right hello <laughs> yeah. and that's so yeah romance novels work well with that mm -hmm. i mean it's just like this world where like everything is going to work out right and like despite and ever all the bad things that happen we're gonna it's gonna be fine for sure i yeah. just love how we've made like our own version of the fairy tale because like I did my thesis on fairy tales and the real Cinderella stories are awful oh gosh yeah <laughs> they're horrible but I love how we've like changed her narrative <laughs> so one of our okay one of our favorite things about the book is Molly um, she's an aerospace engineer so like and Oliver is like so proud of her like yeah, she can fix the whole yacht. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, what inspired this career choice for her? And I was like, okay, Cinderella, like, you're fixing yachts. And she's like, his sister shows up and she has grease on her hands. I'm like, yes, Molly. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, what inspired the career choice for her? And was there anything in particular about her character you hoped would resonate with readers? Um, yeah, I love, like I said, Molly ended up being one of my favorite characters that I wrote. And I don't know why I chose her to be an aerospace engineer. I just was like, wanted somebody who was sciencey because I hadn't done that. I mm -hmm. thought it would be an interesting career to kind of like, not that I like went like NASA into NASA for my research, but like I had to like research yeah. some of it. Mm -hmm. So it was fun to learn about. And um, I think that she resonates because I think that she like is just I find that sometimes if somebody is sciencey or like very smart in romance novels they are very serious mm -hmm. and um 
I wanted her, I like that she was still like playful and yep. fun and in charge of her sexuality and was just like, like to get dirty. Like she mm-hmm. was like, yes. in every way, she was like, I'm fun, I'm here, I'm playful. Yep. And she was confident without being like overwhelming about it or like too kind of, um, uh, she was just, she didn't flaunt her success or her smarts or whatever. She was just kind of effortlessly yeah. confident. And I really, um, I really thought that that was special about her and um, I was really happy to, to write it and that it worked and um, that Oliver dug it so much. Yeah. He was <laughs> like, it. you know, she'll just be off building rockets. And she's yeah. like, technically <laughs> he was like, she's a rocket builder. And she's like, I'm an aerospace engineer. Get it right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> so, so yeah, ahead, it Rick. really, it felt like the whole story, yeah. right? Like when you watch like a rom-com, right? You're waiting for that big grand gesture moment. This book felt like the entire book was a grand gesture. And I have to ask you about that ending. You were watching our live show the other day and I told you I was going to talk to you about it. Yes. <laughs> I, okay, so the whole book, I don't want to spoil it, but like the whole book, you're waiting for this ball to drop, Right. And I really liked that you made the choice to not really have the ball drop because I felt like the focus is on them. So one thing that I liked was like his Oliver's sister shows up and he's pissed. And I'm like, she's not even really being she's not mean. She's just like, hey, heads up. They (laughs) may know about this kind of thing. And so Molly takes it on herself. And, and this kind of goes back to the price of legacy. She knows he is has been like built his whole life to receive all of this stuff and to like mm-hmm. do all this family stuff. And because of her, possibly, it may be taken away. So she chooses, I'm not going to do that to you. I'm going to take myself out of the picture. And then the ending happens and I was crying and they're in the middle of the water. And I'm like, what? As in, okay, from a writing perspective, why did you choose to not have that big ball drop? Well, it's funny that you say this because I didn't remember the ending. And so I had to go back because I originally, when I originally wrote the ending, it was him like falling off of the boat and her (laughs) jumping off and she jumped off and rescued him. And that was like, (laughs) that was like the big thing. And and my my editor was like, can we maybe focus on the emotions of this? (laughs) Shout out to your editor because I I did cry. I was crying. (laughs) That's, that makes me so happy. I know I probably should. That's like weird to say, but thank you. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, I I think that like, <clears throat> and I think that like in Dare especially, um, it is like always this big dramatic climactic moment. Mm-hmm. And I and I guess that I chose not to like. One, it's hard to have secondary characters at all. So, like, to have that sister there was was a big deal, and um, and I couldn't have his parents show up. Like, that was never going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so, what at that point when like you can't have like this big showdown or whatever between characters you've never met because <laughs> it doesn't you don't care nobody cares yeah. about it. Um, I I did have to bring it back down to just like to the two of them. Like, what? can they how can they 
like in a mature because I felt like in a lot of ways Molly and Oliver I think were the most kind of like emotionally mature people that I had written um and like they weren't they didn't they weren't scared of their emotions they knew they had them they wanted to be with each other and um they were just trying to figure out how to make that happen it wasn't like I'm scared of feeling this for you it was just like I want you to be happy. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. she had left because she she did love him enough to just want him to be, you know, whatever, have the life that he deserved or whatever. Um, and so it kind of felt um, fitting to just kind of focus, focus on that and to have them work through together how they could be together um, instead of having like this thing driving them apart, but instead focus on like, these are people who will love each other and want to be together and they're going to work together to figure it out. Yeah. That's how it felt. That's how it (laughs) felt. (laughs) So some round out questions. Uh, What is something you do when you're not writing or watching awful television? (laughs) (laughs) This was so hard. It's because I'm so boring. I mean, I'm writing or reading like 99% of the time. Um, But during the pandemic, one of the things that I really started doing was using um, Marco Polo. Have you guys ever heard of this app? It's like Snapchat for like, I think, um, older, elder millennials, shall we just say. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Writing it down. And, yeah. <laughs> and like, basically, it's like video chat with your friends. It's like you leave a video text message and they answer whenever they want. It's very oh, low okay. key. Um, and so I just that really was our saving grace, I think, during the pandemic when we couldn't see anybody. So mm. I find myself like polling, like sending like video texts like all day long uh, to friends and stuff who are all over the country. So that has been like what I've been mostly doing. Um, but also I'm obsessed with like Costco and Trader Joe's. I really <laughs> so those are like, it's just I've really painted a bleak picture of, of my life, but uh, <laughs> so that's really what I do. I don't do it. I am really getting a Costco it. built like less than 10 minutes from my house. And I'm so excited because I've honestly only been there once. And I'm like, this is this is perfect. I'll be there all the time. <laughs> You're going to love it. Gonna, you have kids. You're going to love it. <laughs> gonna make shopping um so much easier (laughs) what is one of your favorite romance tropes to read oh i love so many i love every single trope (laughs) um but if i had to pick i love only one bed love it Mm -hmm. never get enough of only one bed um and then i do i like enemies to lovers okay that's just so everybody does but i really do um i like that tension and Mm -hmm. I think it's fantastic. Um, and of course, I like a second chance. A second yeah. chance I think those are my top. Nice. Um, what's a romance novel that you've read that reminded you why you love the romance genre? There are so many. There are so many. But I just recently reread um, Match Me If You Can by Susan Elizabeth Phillips. Okay. And um, it, for whatever reason, you know, she has this Chicago Stars series. And of course, Susan Elizabeth Phillips is amazing. Um, but it had like, that was my favorite in the series for whatever reason. I And so I reread it and thinking that like, I've reread it a lot. 
And then one of these, I've just been kind of waiting for it to be, for me to be like, oh, right, is this really as good? But every time I read it, by the end, I'm like, oh, I love this. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, even though some parts don't age well, right? Um, but I really, I really think that's a great, great romance. I want to read that series so bad. I just, I listened to the Fade and Mates interviewed her last week. And I know they've talked about Nobody's Baby but your is it called nobody's, nobody's baby, baby but yours mine? or but mine yes, mm-hmm. and ever since then I'm like I have got to read the series I got to track down all the books and read the mm-hmm. series and then they interviewed her and I'm like why haven't you read this the series yet <laughs> it sounds so good yep yep I'm so jealous that you haven't read it I'm mm-hmm. jealous of when people haven't read like great series yet I'm like I wish I were you I could start the poll <laughs> exactly exactly what is one film you'll never stop watching uh, again, embarrassing. The Cutting Edge. I will never stop watching The Cutting Edge. Really? Oh my god, I haven't heard anybody mention that movie in forever. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason. There's I a reason love that it. movie. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag, there's a reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's delicious. It's a, look, it's a masterpiece, don't get me wrong. Right. But like, it's, I mean, it's just, like I said, enemies to lovers. It's yep. that trope. It's, it's, but it's like on ice yep. and they're speeding. Yep. <laughs> um, it's, it's again, like the, the sports guy and this cultured woman. Yep. I, I, it ticked all of the boxes for me. They were so mean to each other and I loved it. Oh, your enemy to enemies to lovers, loving heart. <laughs> they're so mean to each other and I love it. <laughs> Um, it's a great and they've made like so many sequels i haven't yes. seen any of the sequels. no no but even last year or two like i watched it during the pandemic and it was one of the worst things i've ever seen but it was like uh <laughs> uh netflix did like a series starring january jones from mad men based on the cutting edge it was like a full-length show yeah. that was like the cutting edge and i was like oh wow i mean it has really stood the test of time um <laughs> For whatever reason, <laughs> whatever I, reason. <laughs> but no, I loved it. I loved it so much. The dialogue, like I said, oh, yeah. they're just so mean to each other, and it's perfect. <laughs> What's the first song on the soundtrack to your life? Oh God, this was so hard. I don't. I I don't know. There are a lot. Um, but for right now and for the summer, um, I really thought "Follow Your Arrow" um, by Casey Musgraves. I love that song and. It just felt like summery and also just like kind of appropriate, like just do what you're going to do. Right. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Exactly. Her voice is so beautiful. (laughs) She's great. Mm -hmm. I like, and it's like the tone is just like soothing, but interesting. I don't know. 15 years from now, you're writing your memoir. What's the title? I should have thought more about this, but I um, picked It's Okay to Sleep Now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just, I yeah, you just can't, I, you just like, especially like you just can't, like when you're, especially when you don't have, I find that it's worse, like if I don't have a deadline or something, mm-hmm. if I'm just like writing for myself, I'm like, I gotta be doing this. I gotta be doing something. And yep. like, it's just your brain never shuts off. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's what I did. that sounds like such a like 
women's memoir. It's right? Okay to sleep now. <laughs> Everyone would read bestseller. <laughs> Um, you decide you want takeout for dinner. Where do you order from and what's your order? Again, I thought about this for way too long and there's so many places. Um, but I think in the end I went with, um, I used to live in South Carolina and there's a, in Columbia and there's a place called Big T's Barbecue there. And, um, I would do the pulled pork. Uh, with like the the hot mustard barbecue mm-hmm. sauce and the macaroni and cheese and cornbread and it is oh. it is fantastic. Mm. I I love Texas barbecue. I will always love Texas barbecue, but there's just something about that. The Carolinas mm-hmm. barbecue cheese. is like its own lane. <laughs> yeah, sure. Everything is its own lane. That's one of the cool things about about barbecue. Mm. Like Texas barbecue is different from Kansas City and Memphis and. It's all great. It's all delicious. Ebook, audiobook, physical book. What's your preferred reading method? Um, I mean, this is sacrilegious, but I'm going to go with ebook. Um, That's fine. No, we're, we're <laughs> ebook fans here. And I'm a librarian too. Like I remember, I was in like a meeting, and everybody, everybody was like, "Who here prefers physical books?" And like everybody else raised their hand, and I was just sitting there like. <laughs> Ebooks are easier, man. They're on my phone. I read them in traffic. I read them at the grocery store if the line's too long. Like, right? <laughs> Look, when great. our friend introduced us to text to speech, which I am so happy is available for people that need it, but for little mm-hmm. old me, it's just very convenient. It was a game changer. I have never read as many ebooks as I have until I got mm-hmm. on with that. I love it. Definitely. definitely. And I'm sorry, I would have sent you, phys- like I listened to this, I know you guys, at least um, Bree seems to prefer physical books. I would have sent you physical books in the mail if I had known. I just, instead of sending you guys ebooks. You're no, fine. No. We, we eat the ebooks up like candy. Oh gosh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Okay. We have to touch on this. You're a librarian? librarian? Yeah. Like yeah. the savers of the world. So how did that happen? <laughs> okay, we get an English degree. We write the comet fan fiction. How are we a librarian? We love librarians. No, we think <laughs> librarians are superstars. They're great. Um, I just it was you know what do you do with an English degree? Um, <laughs> and then yeah. it's like become a librarian. So yeah, I just I got that. I got my library degree and. Um, I still kept writing when I was a mm-hmm. librarian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just still a librarian That's in cool. writing. So. That's cool. <laughs> well, we know a lot of people focus on like teens or like children's. Is there yeah. a specific part of the library that you work in? I work, I'm an academic librarian, so okay. I work at a college. And so um, I don't really have like a specialization sure. in that way. Um I, I was, um, you know, my liaison areas are education. So Mm -hmm. I like work with education professors and stuff. That's Um, cool. Very cool. (laughs) So are we going to get some hot professor romances? Right. Or some new adult? (laughs) No. And in fact, fact, those are ruined for me. If you've ever worked with, if you've ever like worked like super closely with professors, you will never want that. (laughs) You will never it's just like it's all ruined because you're like you're just your office is a mess i yep. can't do with you yep. you're just like a pain in the butt you smell like cigarettes and old coffee <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I smell like old cigars and like mothballs <laughs> I, can't. I can't 
snootiness. <laughs> snootiness. <laughs> oh, just like, are you going to talk? Like, I don't need to know everything you're thinking. Like, you oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't need all of your opinions. I don't need your life story, as I like to say I to people. I love it. Because <laughs> I hope, I, I would like, I aspire to be a professor one day. <laughs> I'm sure that you and I'm gonna send better. you guys a picture like I don't smell like mothballs. <laughs> Good luck. I can't, I can't wait. I <laughs> so can you share with us what is coming up next for you? Sure. So um I wrote a couple of um, like rom-coms that are being like uh, that are being that are on submission to publishers right. right now. So hopefully um, those will get bought and out into the world at some point. That mm-hmm. would be great. Um, I am actually um, starting my a podcast called um, Smug Guys Read Romance. Yes, making all of my guy friends read romance novels and yes. I talk about them. Sarah, have we not talked about this? Before? We have, yes. <laughs> Sarah has been reading the Bromance Book Club series mm-hmm. and oh, I'm yeah. like, we were talking one day, we're like, we need a podcast where some guys read romance. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes this is the podcast of our dreams. Right? <laughs> Okay, when does the first episode drop? (laughs) Yeah. I don't it'll be like a month or two, but it has been eye-opening so far. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. Okay, how are you choosing the books? Or are you letting them choose? I have given them they're like five six guys right now, and I have all I've given them like curated lists Mm -hmm. of books that they can choose from. And so just that, just watching them choose has been um, totally entertaining, I'm sure. (laughs) And so, yeah, that's what I've done. And I've just, I've tried to like pick ones that I thought would be interesting to them based on like what I know of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And it has been unsuccessful so far. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) That just makes like for a better, better podcast is better if they don't like them, um, Mm -hmm. I think. But um, so it's going to be. I hope that it's great. It's not going to be as amazing as this podcast. I don't have like icon and legend romance writers on it, but <laughs> hopefully it'll be entertaining. It's going to be the best. It's going to be. I epic. cannot wait. Yes. Okay. So random little questions before we get off here that I, like, okay. You mentioned temptation earlier. Yes. Did you, were you a fan of temptation? Like what's up? with temptation oh my gosh yes i loved and you guys posted that on twitter or something i went to i loved temptation mm-hmm. it was my jam it's like a middle schooler and then of course <laughs> it turned into blaze yes also amazing i remember like in high school my friends and i had binders our like our harlequin binders like we were writing our <laughs> own harlequins Love like it. we named right. them we named them one was called kate Kate Hoffman, because she was a big Blaze Temptation yes. writer. I don't know if you remember her. Yes. Fantastic. Um, mine was um, Doreen Owens Malik, and she actually wrote Super Romance. Yes. I think. And um, it, but anyway, um, I, we just, we just read, I read so many Temptation and Blaze. And that was also what was exciting about Dare. I mean, I understand that Dare kind of took Blaze's place, but I again, I didn't understand it. I don't understand why Blaze went away. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm, I'm interested to see what Harlequin does next and if it's more of like a Blaze type of thing again. Yeah, I don't know, but it was fantastic. 
but um, I loved it. Is there a series that you are interested in writing for now? Like what's going Anything on? Anything that's that? currently being published? Um, I'm thinking about it. Like I'm trying to figure out, I've been reading a bunch because mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's been a while. Like I, I've read Harlequin off and on like over the years, but I'm really trying to do some deep dives on the lines to figure out like what line would be best um, mm-hmm. for me. So I'm not sure. Maybe desire. I'm not sure. Or romance. Romance is get hot and spicy. Just saying. Yeah. Your fun yeah, personality. Stewart, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Rachel, like I said, Rachel Stewart, well, you guys know that she writes for that line as well. She mm-hmm. also writes for Dare. So maybe I got to read them. I got to read a lot. Yeah. I feel like, I like with Dare, reasons. with Dare authors, well, I can't even say just, I would assume like desire and, and, and romance for sure. Like, cause some dare stories were a little bit more like darker and dramatic. And I think they have that. I feel like desire is definitely like grown adult prom yeah. um, <laughs> slash um, soap operas. And then romance is just like, kind of like this playing field of whatever. I've read some that are a little bit more serious, but for the most part, they're like really fun. But then there's medical too. I can't count medical out either. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just, yeah. Medical is great. Yeah. I've read, I've read a couple of those. And actually when I first got my Harlequin contract, there's another writer in Columbus who writes for medical. And I think her name is Amelie something, but anyway, she was, she had a lot of great advice before I signed my first mm-hmm. contract. She was a medical. She wrote about like, um, fire jumpers which was oh, like wow. so cool yeah, yeah. <laughs> well we are yeah. rooting for you so Absolutely. we cannot wait Absolutely. to see what is coming up next where can everyone follow you online um i'm just at Margot radcliffe on twitter mm-hmm. and instagram i think instagram is actually an underscore between Margot and radcliffe um uh on tiktok it's the same and okay. um don't i have a facebook page but i don't really ever Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What made you get the TikTok? I feel like more authors are using that now. I don't know. I just felt like, um, first of all, I was following Katie Robert on there, and she is just like crushing it on TikTok. Um, And so I thought I'd try. I don't really have a lot of content on there, Um, (laughs) but I tried to do some book like book recs, but I'm not like, I don't know. Not really that great at it, and <laughs> she. Um, but I just felt like I do see a lot of authors doing like super fun things. Like there's this one romance author who like does the duets with like the naked guy. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, this is hilarious! And she's just like with her cup, and she's like, oh, I don't know. Which I, I should remember the author, but I can't remember her name. But like in Willow Winters or something, oh, okay. it's like oh, yeah. huge on TikTok, yeah. and like. Yeah. I have, and, and she's like all these huge indie publishers mm-hmm. um, who I, for just lack of research, hadn't known, but they're like, they're like so great on TikTok. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fun to mm-hmm. watch that stuff. For sure. They're like marketing geniuses. Yeah, exactly. Phenomenal. Well, all of the links to your information will be listed mm-hmm. down below. All of the links, whether it's Harlequin, Mills and Boone UK, or Mills and Boone Australia, we will leave Margot's links for those websites there as well. So you can check them out. And 
we are just so grateful. Thank you for like letting us start our day with you. Mm-hmm. Yay! <laughs> I am so grateful to you. Thank you so much for doing this podcast in the first place. It's oh. fantastic. And I've learned so much. <laughs> so what bombshell Same. I didn't even remember that that existed. That's amazing. Yep. Yes. I love the historical deep dives that you guys do. <laughs> fantastic. It's a service to humanity. <laughs> well, please let this be the first time you come yes. on. And you know, please come We'd back. We'd love to have you back. <laughs> yes, oh, sure, whatever. I'm here. I don't. I don't have any more comment pieces to talk about. But I'm sure I can dig up something. We want her to come on and do a dramatic reading of the comment. I know. <laughs> <laughs> At least it will be like a reminder for people to go by comment. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Comment if you want to sponsor that episode. If, yes, if someone please. from Comet is in your knitting circle Circle, yes let them know (laughs) all right everybody have a wonderful day sarah and i will chat with you in our next episode